Hi, welcome to Nia's Divine Garden. This is Iadania, and this is a special bonus episode. Um, I I think I saw a post on Facebook, and they were looking for someone to ask questions about wills and things like that. So they were looking for someone on a more legal perspective, but. When I saw the post, I actually reached out and said, hey, is this what you're looking for? Um, Are you looking for someone that maybe handles end of life services? And is this something you're looking for? And she's like, no, this is just the wills and stuff. But for some reason, the idea of talking about it kind of stuck in me. And I said, you know what? That is one of the things that I don't necessarily talk about often in terms of services that I can provide. And so today, or this evening, or whenever you're listening to this, um, that's what I just wanted to talk briefly with you about. And I did actually post um, on my Facebook, like some questions, if anybody have questions, and I can answer those. And then if some come up after you've listened for a while, then of course, then maybe I can do something, maybe live, do a little webinar or something that goes, you know, that just is a Q&A session. So I am a certified death doula. No, this does not make me um, someone that literally assists the person in. uh, Yeah, I'll just tell you what it it is because that'll probably help you understand what it's not. So what I am is similar to a birth doula. So a birth doula is not carrying the baby for the mother. She is not actively in that process. What a birth doula is, is the support for the family and the, you know, specifically the person who's having the baby. This would be a similar set for the person who is transitioning. Um, We sometimes call them as friends. So I support the friend, the person that's transitioning and their family during that last few moments, months, whatever time frame that is of their journey as they leave the earthly realm and um, transition back to the eternal garden. So this is non-medical care that can offer support that is physical, emotional, and spiritual in nature. So the example that I give some people when I'm talking about it that is a visualization they recognize is the pharaoh getting ready to transition and all the priestesses are around the pharaoh and they have the incense burning and they have music or something playing and they have oils they're anointing his body with those um, priestesses are death doulas and there are many other versions of this similar practice in other um african and indigenous cultures or some in celtic traditions but all it is is that making sure that the person that is transitioning um, has an honorable transition is how I word it on the site. So we partner together and basically seeing like, you know, what is this going to look like? What does a peaceful transition look like to you? And how do you want that reunion to the eternal garden with your you know, with your, their ancestors and the most high, what do they want that to look like? So, um, some of the things that, um, also come with this is support of the family. 
So ideally, um, you would um, get a new friend and this is prior to the friends transitioning. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you get in contact with someone or someone gets in contact with you after the friend has already transitioned. And so they may just be looking for, you know, support in their grieving process. And I was reading something um, this evening about the fact that in Western culture, we're not taught how to grieve. We're taught to just hurry up and move past it, but we're not taught how to move through the grieving process. And one of the things that I loved in our training for my certifications that we talked about the wailing that African women did during the, um, the memorial of the loved one that has transitioned and the power of that, that call, that letting your body first expel that energy because emotions are simply energy in motion. So letting that body, your body do what it needs to do to not hold those feelings in, but allow them to be fully expressed in their fullness through crying, through wailing, whatever that needs to be. And looking at Western society where people are often shunned for their, you know, the magnitude of their grief expression instead of realizing the power behind that expression. Um, the person who has a loved one that has transitioned, and this could be a family, a friend, or someone like that, and they're just wanting to make sure they're okay. So I have a real life example where, um, actually, I think I want to go backwards before I could give you the example because it, it's important to understand the example and how it played out. So how did I come about being a death doula? That's probably the first question. It's like, how does one come to this decision? And let's keep it 100. It was not something I wasn't sitting around saying, you know what? I'm going to be a death doula. That was absolutely on the list of things you would have asked me. No, not even remotely on the list. I did not have the best relationship with the concept of death. So no. Um, however, there were certain things that were happening in my life that kept bringing it to me. You know, my, I, my grandmother transitioned when I was in the fifth grade. So that was my first like, oh, people leave and they're gone. Um, and I don't know, in my mind, I feel like I cried, but I don't know how I dealt with that beyond that. It, other than I cried about it. Like, did I talk to anybody or anything? Like, I don't remember that. Um, with my grandparents, there was this, uh, shortly before they tra each one transitioned, there was like this need to see me, whether it was them actively seeking me out or me seeking them out. For the both of them, it happened very similar within a few weeks of me actually seeing them. And when I say a few, like one or two, um, they transitioned. So, you know, there's that loudness. Um, and for those of you who are new to my podcast, I am an initiated Ifa priestess. And one of the things that came up during that journey was um, my ability to help people who were transitioning. 
um, and help that, them ease into it. And I am a medium. So I was like, what? Nah, not me. <laughs> Wrong person. Wrong person. Kind of like what you would probably expect, like, you know, Noah getting that call, like, yo, you're going to make an ark. Uh, I'm not even a carpenter. What is you saying, Lord? Like <laughs> that kind of feeling? Yeah. And it honestly wasn't until a friend and colleague who it happened similar to the way I felt like my grandparents happened. And then that's, that's when it becomes a pattern. Like, okay, this is now, this is, this, this, this isn't, this isn't, okay. So he just really wanted to talk to me. And it was just like adamant. Like, do you have time today? Do you have time today? Do you have time today? Do you have time? And finally one day I was like, you know, just call me. And we're talking and I just remember in the course of the conversation being really irritated about something in particular to what he did for a living. And I'm like, why are you even still here? That was my statement. And it was such a, in my mind at the time, my conscious mind, I asked why he was still at his place of employment. And then literally within two weeks, he transitioned. And I'm just like, what? And I took it really, really hard. And one of the questions I asked myself was, if I was to go today, am I doing what I wanted to be doing? Am I living out my purpose and my destiny? And so I signed up for the class probably within a week. I went ahead and signed up for the class with my um, spiritual godmother and took the certification. And there's... um. <sighs> there's this like, yeah, you were supposed to do this, but I had not fully accepted it. Even after getting the certification, I had not fully accepted that this was a calling. I really didn't. Um, and you know, I put it on my site. It's been there for a while, but I still, I, I had not really accepted it. And then a friend of mine's husband had been sick and I guess maybe towards the last few months, every time I talked to her, I kept wanting to tell her. And I felt like that was weird. And so I didn't say anything. And then I saw her in person. And the last time prior to his transition, seeing her in person, it was loud. Like I, I kind of really wanted to say it to her. But what I said to her is like, I probably, I feel like I really need to come to your house. So when you're okay with it, I, I kind of want to come over. Knowing now I didn't want to come over for her. It was for him. There was something calling me there and it was him. He was calling me. So when he transitioned, I felt horrible. And then everything made sense. I could sense it. I could absolutely sense it was coming. But how do you tell your friend, you know, that their spouse is going to pass away? I had 11, 11 just then. Um, like, how do you do that? How do you have that conversation? And, you know, so I reached out to her and I said, do you need anything from me that only I can do? And so this goes into what do you do as a death doula if the person's already transitioned? And so she said, I need a reading. I said, okay. And, you know, so for my friend and I, um, what I did is I did I really tapped into my mediumship. Like I'm tapped in as a medium when I'm doing divination anyway, 
but usually it's just whoever wants to come through and I'm never really specific. I'm just, you know, giving the reading and that's simply it. But in this other capacity, it is very intentional. Like I am only seeking out this one soul, this one person's um, spirit in order to be the bridge between them and the family member, the loved one, whoever is looking for that message. So that is what I did for them. Um, and not only did I do that, but um, I gave them some suggestions on like, you know, making sure the house is cleansed. Uh, um, if they were considering an ancestor altar, because uh, I felt like, especially given this was her spouse, that she had been, she'd been on the fence about an altar in particular. But I felt like the pool was going to be strong with her husband transitioning. So we talked about when is the appropriate time and what to do in the meantime, um, like keeping a candle lit for nine days and things like that. And then we did, we poured libations. And let me tell you how huge this was because she is absolutely Christian, huge Christian, you know, faith. And um, they both were, but to receive permission from both her, her husband, um, and her mom ended up coming through that particular day and pour libations for them and offer prayers and encourage their spirit to go ahead and join the ancestral realm. That was, that was huge. I don't know how to really put that into words, how emotional that was for me. And then in the capacity of the funeral, I was asked to say something. And so, you know, for those who've been listening a while, and if you don't know that I'm also a poet. So I wrote a poem specifically for um, her husband to send him off in style, so to speak. And the night I wrote it, I channeled it. So it was a, absolutely a channeled message, both for him and for her. So that's just like a little bit of what could happen. If I had gotten involved, you know, sooner things that could have been things that like a legacy plan. And so a lot of times we're thinking about, you know, how do we want to be remembered beyond simply just what are we leaving our family in terms of our inheritance, but what are the lessons? What are the stories, thoughts, and reminders that we want to leave? Traditions. Um, for those of you who, you know, or the friends that's like, you know, hey, you might set up an ancestor altar and want to put me on your altar at some point. These are the kind of offerings that I would want when I transition. So I can help the friend kind of create that plan and a book for the family to ensure like their absolute true essence um, is captured. Um, sometimes it's just being there, whether that's there in person or virtual on the phone, but sometimes just being there and listening. So the friend and I can kind of talk about what that can look like for them. Um, and especially if I'm able to do work in person, this, you know, not only benefits the friend, but if there are caregivers that are there who might need a break from time to time, then yeah, this could be a break for them. Um, also, you know, during that transitional period, sometimes, you know, people say they're always, I've heard more than one person say this, like their, friend, their loved one was just talking about stuff, but they didn't know what they were talking about. And because they're so close to the divine at that time, they might actually be getting downloads. So a medium could actually help, you know, 
discern if that's what's happening, decipher some of those message and write them down for the family or whoever is, you know, in need of that message. Um, and that transition should really be a sacred time as much as it possibly can be. Um, making sure that it's peaceful and there's all the good vibes. So, um, the friend may want to consider traditions they may not have honored before. What the environment looks like, what kind of music is playing in the background? What are they wearing? What does it smell like? What kind of food are they able to eat? What kind of food are they eating? Um, you know, what does their body feel like? Um, how is their energy at the time as a um, doula, I would be doing energy work for them, kind of seeing, um, what the, what their chakras, uh, look like and have to, you know, making sure like what needs to be taken care of is, um, let's see, um, I'm looking at the questions to make sure if I've hit, um, um, and then of course, if the person has already transitioned or, you know, after the transition, you know, making sure that their passage is peaceful to the internal garden. So how would you like to honor your ancestor, which is completely up to you. Um, and my intention is to basically support you in this, um, and making sure that your feelings and the feelings of the friend are met well, and you know, that they feel honored as, um, a new ancestor. So that's just a few things. One of the questions that I got asked um, was how do you prepare to be around all the emotions, especially mourning and or anger? And since I've had to do this recently, I did a lot of shielding um, the day that I went to do the reading. And when I say shielding, like I made sure like white light and um, I had amethyst with me and amethyst will act like it's a filter, but I did like, I did the spiritual work to ensure that I was not going to absorb, um, and simply observe what was happening. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it wasn't emotional, especially since I knew them, I, that to say that I, that was, I wasn't emotional, that would be crazy. Like it absolutely was an, um, emotional, but it wasn't emotional the whole time. And in fact, I didn't actually get full blown emotional. And those of you who've seen me do readings or received a reading from me, I always kind of let you know ahead of time, I might cry, but I'm not sad. That's just simply my body doing something with the energy as it's moving through. But during the channeling, because I knew them both, I got a message, which is what made me emotional. Um, but overall, like whatever, everything I put in place was like, I just wanted to be present and to observe and not absorb. And so that's really what it is. And that takes practice. And thankfully, prior to coming to this, it is something I have actively had to practice for myself because I am an empath and I'm clairsentient. So sensing energy and things like that, that's always been a challenge for me in so I've actively been like, you know, mantra, like these are not my feelings and things like that so that I can, you know, not have that happen. Um, the other question that I received is, do you choose who you connect with or is it random? I don't know. I guess in part that's technically yes to both. So I'm not 
like, hey, do you want me to be your death doula? Like, it's not like that. Because And there have been moments, like I've seen plenty of people in my friends list who have had people transition and the pull to help them is so loud. And every once in a while, I'll just drop a post that I'm a death doula and set the intention. If somebody's meant to see it and connect with me in that way, they will. And if they don't, they won't. And that's kind of it. So it's kind of like with any service, you know, they can reach out to me. They can book time with me. We can discuss what their needs are, whether they have someone in their life that's actively in process of transitioning, or they have someone who's already transitioned and they're trying to figure out what to do with the grief. How do they move through the grief process? Is there, can they honor their ancestor? Like, what does that need to look like? So that's why I said it's technically both. Like anyone I meet, it would be random um, for the most part. I mean, even my friend that I spoke of, it was, I didn't, she's not a random person, but technically she's a random client. It wasn't like I actively said, Hey, let me be the death doula for your husband. Because in the moment where he was in the process of being, getting the transition, I was ignoring, <laughs> I'm like, you know, not willfully, like I didn't want to hear it like out of, in a, a negative way, but I definitely realized there was a message and there was a call there that I just was not ready to answer, but I was there for her the way I needed to be, um, ultimately. Um, uh, I'm going to answer this question. I'm trying to figure out a way to tactfully answer it. Um, the transition will always be natural. There is no assistance in that regard. There we go. <laughs> um, and that's because I think someone, I saw someone say something to someone else's post, like about the title, like what it sounded like. And I'm like, that's not what it is. It is just simply making sure the person is comfortable, that, that their time here is as comfortable and peaceful as it needs to be. And that anything they want to do in terms of, you know, their end of life stuff. So like, do you have all of your paperwork done? You know, your will, anything, anything that needs to be done during that time is that taken care of. So I can help the friend and the family, you know, look into resources, and things like that. What does a service need to look like? What is it not? You know, things like that. So those are some other additionals that we do. Um, I think the other question would be like, does someone pay for something like that? And there's always an energy exchange for something. However, what I purposely did is capped mine. So um, there's never a cost for a consultation for this service. Like there's maybe a cost for some other consultations, but there is never, ever going to be a cost for a consultation regarding end of life services. Um, if you decide you need the services, then it caps at four hours. After four hours, it doesn't matter how much time I spend with you, you're only paying for four hours ever, max. So, um, and that's just for me. I, I just, I understand how much things cost and I figured, you know what, four hours and anything beyond that, it is what it is. Four hours is the max that you would ever have to pay for. So I think that is all the questions I can think of that people have asked. Um, but yes, this is on my website. If you go to neasdivinegarden.com and click on end of life services, 
and kind of breaks everything down there, um, what it is, what it's not, um, kind of goes through some of the other things like being an advocate and things like that. And essentially, you know, how to book a consultation. So if you have additional questions, by all means, feel free to reach out to me. You can send a message on my site. You can send a message here. You can message me on my social media. Um, if you feel like you need to build a consultation, you can do that too. Um, but yeah, I'd be happy to answer your questions. And if you feel like you want to do something, you know, more like maybe like a live Q&A, let me know and maybe I can orchestrate that. But thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for the liking. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for the growth of my podcast. And I really appreciate all of you who engage with the content and enjoy what I'm doing. And I hope that you all have a great day, night, evening, whenever you are listening to this. Take care.